Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Tika Taylor. Today, we're going to continue our domestic violence series. Today's topic is what happened to children who are exposed to domestic violence or who are abused. Like the old saying goes, the children are our future. We have to make sure that we take care of them, nurture them, love them, guide them, give them the proper support so they can be prepared to live a better, healthier life. Yes, the children are our future. Now, children who are exposed to domestic violence, they are suffering. Yes, domestic violence, as you all know, is a crime. So if a child is in a home and they are being exposed to domestic violence, the police can get involved and the Department of Children or Children's Services, it goes by different names, they can get involved in the situation. So it's very important that we understand that domestic violence is a crime, that according to state law, children are not supposed to be exposed to domestic violence, whether it's physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse, or financial abuse. Children are not supposed to be neglected, abandoned, or abused. Okay. Now we're not talking about child abuse because when we deal with child abuse, okay, the perpetrator of the abuse doesn't necessarily have to be a family member. It doesn't have to be a parent. It doesn't have to be a sibling. It could be anyone. A coach can abuse a child. That makes it child abuse. A teacher, a counselor, a neighbor, anyone can abuse a child. That would make it child abuse. But if that child is being abused by their parents, siblings, or a family member, then that makes it domestic violence child abuse. Every state in the United States, they have laws concerning child abuse. So today we're going to be talking about child abuse, but domestic violence child abuse, more specifically domestic violence child abuse. All right, let's talk about some type of abuse. I mean, most people know what is an abusive relationship in terms of with children, but we're going to just briefly go over what is considered to be abuse. How does parents or siblings or family members, how do they abuse children? Okay. How do they abuse children? All right. They can physically abuse children. Most of us are familiar with physical abuse, right? Now, physical abuse takes on many forms. It's not just spanking a child. Okay. Some parents are brought up in different cultures where for them to discipline a child, they will use what we call corporal punishment. That means that they're going to spank the child with their hands. They're going to spank the child with a belt or with another object. Okay. Now in the United States, they're not telling you not to use corporal punishment to discipline your child. They're not telling you not to spank your child, but if you spank your child and you're using an object that's inappropriate, okay. And you're going to leave marks, you're going to leave bruises and you're going to hurt the child physically. Obviously that would be considered to be a form of child abuse. 
all right? It would be physically abusing your child. A lot of parents, they were rare, they were raised getting spankings. They were raised getting hit. So really, it's not really a serious problem for them, you know, for them to spank their own children. They really don't have a problem with that at all. They think that if you, what they say, spare the rod, you spoil the child. All right. In some cultures, some people with different religious beliefs, they do believe in corporal punishment. Now, again, it's not a problem for you to spank your child, to discipline your child. You're not spanking your child in anger to the point where you're out of control, that you're just swinging the belt or whatever object you may be using to spank. All right. You're not leaving marks and bruises and welts all over this child's body. If you do that, it is considered to be child abuse, more specifically, domestic violence child abuse, because it is happening from a family member. Okay. So again, let's talk about physical abuse. Some people may not know these things are physical abuse. We're going to quickly just go through some of them. Pinching the child. Okay. Remember now, domestic violence is about power and control. You're not pinching this child to discipline them, to get their attention, you know, to get them to behave, to get them to understand that whatever it is that they're doing is inappropriate and that they need to change their behavior. You're not, you're not doing that. Okay. Domestic violence is about power and control. That means that you're just trying to have power and control over your child. You want to show them that you're the boss, that you're in control. Okay, you're the adult and you have the power and that child is powerless. You know, they're a little person. And some parents make their children feel like they're nobody. They make them feel real small. All right, we'll get into that in a few minutes. That is what we call the emotional and mental abuse. All right, other forms of physical abuse include hitting, which includes slapping, kicking, pushing, twisting the arms, choking. Okay, now... You would say, why would it ever be necessary, okay, for you to put your hand on the child and choke them, twist their arms, punch them in the face, slap them, push them down the stairs, kick them in their back, pull their hair out, knock their teeth out their mouth. I mean, it's, I mean, we can't even imagine, okay, a reason why, why a parent would do that. I mean, what reason do you have to abuse your children like that, all right? Unfortunately, some parents don't consider those things abuse. They don't consider punching, hitting, kicking, twisting arms, choking, burning with cigarettes or, you know, or making them uh, uh, lift objects that's too heavy for them and pushing them down the stairs. I mean, as, as extreme as those things may seem, some parents, because they were raised that way, Because as a child, they were disciplined that way. Their parents abused them. And nobody ever taught them that those were abusive behaviors. They they don't know that they were victims of domestic violence. So when they have children, they end up using the same disciplinary measures that were used against them on their children. So they think some parents, it's not because they're malicious. It's not because they're mean. It's not because they really want to hurt their children. Most of these parents who are abusing their children love their children. You know, they will tell you, I love my child and I'm doing the best I can to provide and care for my child. Unfortunately, they're doing it the wrong way. 
okay? Because they were raised in an unhealthy, dysfunctional, abusive background. Now they're doing the same thing to their children that was done to them. Okay, I'm not excusing these parents' behavior. We're just trying to understand why would a parent physically abuse their children to the point where they severely injured them, disable them, or kill them. We're trying to understand. We're trying to understand why would this happen and why is it happening? And one of the main reasons is because domestic violence is a learned behavior. So children who are abused, if they don't learn at some point that what they went through was abuse and that it was wrong, okay, they will eventually, most of them will grow up thinking that they can treat their children that way, okay? So we're just discussing physical abuse and that's an obvious one. Physical abuse is an obvious one and most parents won't physically abuse their children to the point where they're choking them or they're punching them in the face or they're slapping them, throwing them down the stairs and you know, uh, providing severe punish, physical punishment. Most parents won't go that far, right? But we do have some parents who are abusing their children to that degree where you can physically see the bruises and the marks. Now, a lot of times when children go to school, the teachers are trained for them to look for signs of domestic violence, okay? If they see cuts on the child, unexplained bruises on the child, they notice that the child is not sleeping properly or the child is not eating properly, the child is not dressed appropriately, they will discuss that with the parents. And sometimes they won't discuss it with the parents. They will just call children and families or protective services and they will reveal that that child may be a victim of domestic violence. Okay. Now let's discuss other types of abuse when it comes to children. We have to take a few minutes to go through this because it's not as obvious to everyone what the different types of abusive behaviors are towards children. So it's important that we review them. Now the next type of abuse is sexual abuse. All right, sexual abuse. Now that's kind of an obvious one as well. Now most parents will not sexually abuse their children, you know, and they know better. But we do have some parents, as children, they were sexually abused by their parents. So they were victims of incest, okay? And as a victim of incest, you know, they had to live with that shame. They had to live with the guilt. And some of them, when they grow up, they know better. They don't allow themselves, you know, to repeat that behavior with their children or any other child. But we do have a small percentage of children who, because they were abused as children sexually, they grow up and they do end up abusing their children or other people's children, all right? So committing incest is definitely a form of domestic violence, okay? Committing incest, having sexual relationship with your child or touching your child in a sexual way, or exposing your child to uh, sexual materials or pornography is definitely a form of sexual abuse, all right? Very important. If a child tells you as a parent that the other parent is abusing them sexually, touching them inappropriately, uh, sexualizing their behavior, and um, you know, doing things that make them uncomfortable, it's very important that you pay attention Please, parents, pay attention because most children don't lie. 
most children. Now, we do have some children who are coerced by the other parent for them to tell lies, whether it's because of custody issue, the other parent wants to seek custody, sole custody. Maybe the other parent wants to, you know, um, make the other parent go to jail, falsely accuse them, and for whatever reason, they may teach or coach the child to lie. But in a majority of cases, when children reveal to you that they have been sexually abused, they have been touched in a sexual way, they have been exposed to sexual activities, majority of the time, they're telling you the truth. So it's very important that you follow up on that and you go get some help. You take that child to counseling, you uh, find a therapist to talk to that child. And if they find that the child was exposed to sexual abuse, molestation, definitely they will report that to Children's Services, Children's Protective Service, because it is a crime, okay? Incest, any type of sexual abuse of a child, of a minor is a crime. So definitely the police will get involved and protective services will also get involved. But when it comes to physical abuse and sexual abuse, definitely those two type of abuses are crimes and the law will get involved and the parents can be arrested. The child can be removed from the home temporarily or permanently. Let's talk about sexualizing children's behavior. Okay. Now some parents are never, ever, ever going to touch their children in a sexual way. They're not going to molest their children and they're not going to have sex or intercourse with their children. I mean, that's something that just won't happen, but some parents will sexualize their children's behavior. How do you sexualize a child's behavior? All right. You sexualize a child's behavior by allowing that child to do things that are of a sexual nature. Okay. For example, allowing children to watch pornography. Okay. That is sexualizing a child. You're exposing that child to sexuality and it is definitely inappropriate for them to witness this type of film, this type of activity at that age. Okay. If a child is five, six years old, you cannot sit there and let them watch pornographic material. If a child um, is really under 18, Okay, they're considered a minor and you're not supposed to expose them to sexual content. All right? Sexual explicit materials, sexually explicit music, okay? A lot of parents don't think about it. If you're listening to a song and it, you know the song has sexual, you know, innuendos or the song has sexual messages, they're talking about having sex, they're talking about rape, they're talking about molestation. They're talking about violating someone in a sexual way. That is definitely inappropriate. You should not, okay, let your child listen to or watch materials that are pornographic in nature. Materials that are sexually explicit, all right? If they're using vulgar language, sexuality, it's not appropriate for your three or four-year-old child to listen to those type of things and to watch, okay? That's why they tell you in the movies, they rate the movies, rated R, okay? Rated X, that means that it is not appropriate for children to watch. So some parents sexualize their children by allowing them to watch sexual materials, okay? Sometimes it's not that they allow them to watch it, sometimes it's just due to negligence. They're not 
watching. They're not paying attention to what their children are viewing on television. They're not paying attention to what their children are listening to on the radio or, you know, on their iPods or other type of uh, devices. Okay. They're not paying attention to the social media that their children are going to, right? They're going to pornographic websites. They're not paying attention. They're going on adult-only websites. They're not paying attention. So, you know, if you are not monitoring your child's television viewing or social media viewing, and you are giving them the opportunity to go on sexual websites or sexual uh, social media uh, places, then, you know, it is definitely a form of neglect. You know, as a parent, you are responsible to protect your child from these things. Okay. Now, another way of sexualizing children behavior is allowing your child. Okay. Or you provide the clothing. Okay. Allowing your child to dress in a sexually inappropriate way. Okay. If your child is dressed in a way that is very sexually suggestive, all right. Having your daughter exposing her breasts at a young age, you know, wearing mini, mini shorts or mini, mini skirts where, you know, her private area is being shown. Okay. Wearing uh, clothing items that are typically worn by adults. Okay. Items that are not made for a child. For example, allowing a 10 year old to wear a thong. Okay. Now we know that thongs, you know, have a sexual connotation to it. Usually women who are adults wear tongs thongs because you know they want to feel sexy all right but it's not sa- it's not appropriate for you to buy your seven-year-old thong okay and they're walking around with a thong on okay so sometimes we can sexualize our children by allowing them to wear items or clothing that are sexual in nature okay now most boys don't have that issue usually it's the girls Usually the girls who are allowed to wear sexually revealing or sexually suggestive clothing, all right? Or allowing your child to wear clothing with sexual messages, okay? Kiss me there or touch me here. I mean, that is totally inappropriate, okay? Totally inappropriate for you to let your child under the age of 18 wear clothing that's, uh, you know, that states sexually suggestive things. It is inappropriate. The other way that children are sexualized is in the dance, through the dance, okay? Some parents allow their daughters, specifically their daughters, boys don't usually have that problem, all right? Because most dances are not necessarily sexualized for boys or men. You know, we do have some sexual dances, we could stripper dances, but most of the time boys don't really engage in it. Now, it's majority of the time it's the girls, okay? Now, it's sexually inappropriate for a little girl to be doing stripper dance, all right? If you have a seven, or eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old daughter under the age of 18, and you have her entertaining adults by dancing in a very sexually provocative way, that is a form of abuse. A lot of people don't understand that, but you're sexualizing the child behavior, okay? A five or six or seven, any child under the age of 18, they don't need to be doing sexualized dancing. The sexualized dancing are for adults, okay? Adults are supposed to be doing the sexualized dancing, not a child. Now, if you, as a parent, if you allow your child to do these sexualized dancing, okay, some adults and other children may think that 
Look at that child is sexually available. Now we know that adults should know better, but we do have a lot of sexual predators out here. We do have a lot of pedophiles out here and they do target children, boys and girls. So as a parent, it's your responsibility to protect your children from those type of predators. So to protect your child, do not allow them to dance sexually provocative. Okay. Do not allow them to mimic strippers. Okay. Do not allow them to take on the mannerism of strippers. Okay. Now a predator, a pedophile will attack any child. Okay. Whether they're dancing provocatively or not. All right. But you do not want to encourage your child to do that because that can attract or lure, you know, adult who has that type of sexual perversion. All right. And other children, you can be enticed in them all well. Children can also experiment sexually with each other. So you have to be careful. You have to watch them to make sure that they're not sexually experimenting and they're doing things that are inappropriate. So when you have children uh, unattended for a long period of time, all right, and they're sitting there watching pornography, okay, they're watching sexually explicit materials or listening to sexually explicit songs, naturally they can get curious and they can experiment with one another. Okay. They can experiment. So it is up to you as the adult, as the parent for you to protect your child. Okay. Now another sign that we need to look for is isolation as when it comes to sexual abuse. Um, most abusers when they're sexualizing or when they're sexually abusing a child, they, they tend to sort of like want to spend a lot of time alone with that child. All right. Now you have to pay attention to your child. Okay. Learn to read their body language, their facial expression, and talk to them and see if they're displaying any type of symptoms of being abused. If they're uncomfortable with that person, if they're uneasy, you know, if they're telling you, mommy or daddy, don't leave me with this person. If they start crying, if they pull away, if they're acting angry and upset around that person, you need to start asking some questions. Okay. Why are you uncomfortable with so-and-so? Okay. What happened? And make your child feel comfortable enough to talk to you. And when they tell you actually believe them. Okay. Find out, investigate, you know, and let them know it's okay. They're not going to get in trouble because majority of the time the abusers will threaten them. They will tell them, well, if you tell anybody that I'm doing this to you, I'm going to say that's a lie. Okay. Or I'm going to blame you. I'm going to say that you the one who did that. Okay. And the child don't know that as an adult, they are responsible for that behavior. And the child is not responsible for that behavior. The child is a child. All right. So it's very important that we understand that we have to protect our children from sexual abuse, from incest, from sexual molestation. Very important. We have to protect our babies because once they get damaged, once they get traumatized because of sexual abuse, we have a whole range of negative things that can happen to them. And we'll discuss that later. All right. Another type of abuse that's not as common is uh, economic abuse. Okay. Economic abuse, but it happens. Now, how do you economically abuse your child? Okay. You can do that by withholding basic needs. All right. You're not providing for your children physically. You're not providing for them. You're not providing for their need. They're, they're not appropriately dressed. They don't have clothing, clean clothing. Okay. You're not buying them things. All right. They don't have their basic needs. Okay. They're not living in a healthy and safe and clean environment. 
Okay, you have to provide a healthy, safety, clean environment for your child. Okay, you're not providing them with educational materials. All right, I mean, things that can stimulate their intellect to encourage them to grow mentally and intellectually. You're not providing for them. Okay, that's a form of economic abuse. Now, using money to control behavior. A lot of people will do this, but they don't know that that can be considered a form of domestic violence. Okay, instead of then disciplining their children by other means in terms of sitting down and communicating with them, they use money to manipulate. And some abusers who are sexually abusing the children, they can give them money in exchange the child will allow them to touch them sexually. All right. Or they use money to control their behavior says, well, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And they use the money as a motive for the child. That is considered a form of economic abuse. Now, if you waste the family's money, squattering family money, instead of you providing for your children and taking care of your household and making sure that they have their basic needs and necessity, you're using the money to take care of yourself. Okay, you're doing your hair, you're doing your nails, you're getting brand new clothes, you're getting a fancy car, you're going on trips, but yet you're neglecting your children. You're not providing for them. That is definitely a form of abuse. It's economic abuse and physical abuse. For example, you have some parents who receive child support. Okay, they're supposed to use the child support for the child's basic needs. And instead of them doing that, they provide for their own needs. They totally neglect the child's need and provide for their own need. So that's definitely a form of abuse. Now, on the other hand, you have parents who refuse to pay child support. So that is considered economic abuse. If you, as the other parent who's not living in the household, you have money, you're working, and you refuse to provide financial support for your child, it is considered a form of financial economic abuse. All right? Economic abuse. Now, let's move on. The other type of abuse that children are subjected to um, are threats, okay? Threatening to abandon the child, the parent, okay, or the adult can threaten to commit suicide. They can threaten to physically harm the child, to confine the child, or harm other loved ones. So if you're constantly threatening your child, that is considered a form of abuse. It's a form of emotional abuse because you're making that child feel scared. It's a form of mental abuse because you're making that child think in a way that the child is doubting their safety. You know, they feel insecure. They feel that anything can happen to them at any time. They, they, they can't trust anyone. So it's definitely a form of abuse. So for you to constantly threaten your child, oh, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. So the child, see, one thing about children, children take you literally. Whenever you say something, a child will believe you. If you say you're going to abandon them, if you say you're going to drop them off at the police department, if you say you're going to put them in a mental hospital, if you say that you're going to throw them away in the garbage, they're going to believe you. They're going to believe you, even though they may act like they don't, but you have them thinking, will my mom really do that? Will my dad do that? Are they capable of that? So that child will feel insecure and that child will feel unsafe. So definitely constantly threat. I'm going to bust you in the head. I'm going to bust you in your lip. I mean, it's inappropriate for you to threaten your child. It is a form of domestic violence. 
okay? And some parents threaten to give the child away. I'm going to bring you to grandma's house and I'm just going to drop you off. Or I'm going to find your daddy and I'm going to leave you with him because I don't want you. Or some parents will tell their child, I regret having you. I should have had an abortion. Okay? Now, it is totally inappropriate to tell your children these things. Even though you may be kidding, even though you may be angry, even though you may be upset, even though you may be disturbed and frustrated, you do not have the right to constantly threaten your child and to verbally abuse them. Because if you're saying things to hurt their feelings, you're saying things to put them down, you're saying things to make them feel small or insignificant, you're destroying their self-esteem. Okay, you are destroying your child's self-esteem. And by you destroying your child's self-esteem, you're going to create all kinds of problems for that child in the future. So it's very important for you to understand the negative impact of threats. If you're threatening your child, it is considered a form of abuse. Okay, now intimidation, intimidation, instilling fear through looks, actions, gestures, all right? If you're looking at your child as if you're going to slap them and beat them and kill them, you give them that look. All right? Now, you can give that look to show the child that you're serious, that the child needs to pay attention and act appropriately. But for you to intimidate a child is to make that child scared of you. Okay? That child is afraid. That child believes that the parent will physically harm them or sexually harm them or abandon them or neglect them or abuse them. So, Intimidation is a form of emotional abuse, okay? If you make your child afraid of you, all right, a lot of parents who are brought up in abusive households or who are abused themselves, they believe that they have to use fear and intimidation to raise their children because they don't know how to raise children. They don't have healthy parenting skills. They don't have you know, communication skills. They don't have interpersonal skills. So because they don't know how to raise children properly, they're going to use threats, fears, and intimidation and physical abuse, okay? Which is inappropriate. All right. Now, if you're constantly uh, destroying property around your children, you're breaking chairs to intimidate them, you're slamming doors, you're kicking, you know, things around the house, you're breaking on uh, dishes, that is a form of intimidation, Okay, that is inappropriate. It is not appropriate for you to create the atmosphere of fear for a child. A child should live in a home where there's peace, where there's love, where there's happiness, okay, where there's healthy behavior, all right? If you're constantly creating a very intimidating environment for that child, that child will grow up with many complexes, and we'll talk about that in a minute, okay? Using adult size. When you go to a child and you hover over that child or you showing that child that, hey, I'm the adult here and you're the child and I have the power over you and I can do whatever I want to do. And, you know, you're being aggressive towards that child. You're being violent towards that child and you're being intimidating and you coerce that child to do things instead of talking to them and getting them to understand the purpose of doing what it is that you're asking them to do. So it's very important that you do not intimidate your child. Now, if you abuse the other parent in front of the child, that is a form of intimidation. If your child is a witness to you physically abusing your mate, verbally abusing your mate, emotionally and mentally or sexually abusing your mate, that child is being abused. 
okay the child is being exposed to abuse now one thing about my majority of all the states if not all of them or the majority of them have rules considering i'm sorry concerning exposing that child to domestic violence okay if a parent who is a victim of domestic violence allows their child or children to be exposed to domestic violence protective service can remove that child and charge the parent with failure to protect okay it's called failure to protect okay if you know that you are being subjected to physical abuse sexual abuse emotional mental and your child is there in the household being a witness even if they're not being abused directly the fact that they're in the home and they're subjected to this intimidation to the coercion to the threats to the physical violence the fact that they're there in the household they protective services children protective ser- ser- um, children protective services would consider that failure to protect Okay? Again, it's called failure to protect Department of Children and Families, Children Protective Services, child it depends on the state that you're in, they call that agency different names. But if they are knowingly exposed to this and you are not trying to get out of the situation, you're not trying to leave it and you're staying as a parent whether you're male or female, a father or mother, you're staying in an abusive household and you allowing your child to be exposed to domestic violence and if the children protective services get involved if the police get involved they will definitely charge you not the police but children and families will charge you with failure to protect and they can take your children away permanently all right now if uh department of children family or child protective service came in and they told you that you have to remove the child from the situation and you did and you go back to the abusive relationship and they find out about it they can definitely take the child away and terminate your parental rights all right we're going to continue with the other types of abuse we have isolation okay some parents deliberately isolate their children they lock them in the house don't allow them to go out don't allow them to socialize with other children other family members Okay, they deny them them access to outside, to playground, to other parents, grandparents, siblings, other adults. That is considered a form of isolation. You're isolating your child. And if you isolate your child, that could be considered a form of domestic violence, okay? It could be more classified as emotional abuse or even mental abuse, but it's as called isolation. This type of abuse is called isolation when you refuse to allow your child to interact and build relationship with other people because children need to interact with other people not just you as a parent they need their brothers and sisters they need uh, uh, other family members grandparents uncles aunties they need uh, uh, french friends they need people to interact with them to bring them different type of experience and to help them develop different type of skills so it's very important that we understand that children need a social network they need emotional support not just from the parents but from from siblings from uh, grandparents family members and other peers so when we choose to not allow our children not because we're concerned about their safety because if you live in an environment where it's dangerous of course 
okay? You don't allow your children to interact with other people that may place them in danger. That's common sense. But we're talking about a parent who deliberately, for whatever reason, they choose, hey, I'm not gonna let my child interact with anybody. So that child don't have a chance to learn different social skills. They need to learn how to communicate with different people. They need to learn how to interact with different people. And especially growing up, this is the time for them to learn these things so they can be a better, well-balanced person, okay? Now, the last thing that we're going to talk about is uh, emotional abuse, emotional abuse, okay? Put downs, name calling, okay? Those things are classified as emotional abuse. Anytime that you're doing something to hurt that child's feeling, you're making that child feel bad, okay? It's considered to be emotional abuse. Anytime you say something to put that child down, degrade that child, that is considered verbal abuse. Mental abuse is anytime you're telling the child something or you're doing something to the child or you're exposing that child to something that makes that child think that they're not good enough, that they're less than, that something is wrong with them, okay? Now, comparing your children to other children could be a form of emotional abuse, okay? Because children cannot be, you know, compared to other children because they have their own personal development. They have their own uniqueness, they have their own personality, they have their own way of doing things. You cannot compare children to each other in terms of siblings, all right? And a lot of parents do that. They're, they're notorious for doing that. Oh, you, you should be just like your big brother. You should be just like your little sister. You need to be just like, you know, uh, your cousin. No, do not compare children and do not make them feel less than or not good enough because they're not like the other person. Okay, that is considered a form of emotional abuse, okay? Now, also, a form of emotional abuse can be a form of favoritism. We do have family members who who favor one child over another. They prefer this child over this child, or they prefer this sibling over the other, all right? So that is a form of emotional abuse if you're practicing favoritism. If you're showering one child with attention, with love, and you're providing them their needs, you're taking them places, and you're showing them all type of uh, consideration and, and compassion, but you're denying that to the other child because you don't like that child's personality or you don't like that child's parent, Okay, you have five children and you have two with one uh, um, mate and you have three with the other. And because you have a problem with that father or that mother, you're going to neglect that child. You're going to favor one child over another. Okay, so favoritism is definitely a form of abuse. Okay, now the other type of abuse, a lot of parents don't know that, is using children as confidants. Okay, a child is a child. A child is not a mini adult. And some parents, they use their children as confidants. They tell them all their problems, all their pains, all their sorrows, all their drama, and they're overwhelming that child with information. That child begins to internalize the parent's pain, the parent's trauma, the parent's drama. And they are negatively affected by that. Sometimes the children can experience depression, um, they can experience powerlessness, a sense of hopelessness, anxiety, stress, because they have been overwhelmed with their parents' problems. 
all right? Now, if you cannot provide a stable home for a child and they're constantly being moved from place to place, from place to place, that is also a form of abuse. That child, they have no stability, no physical stability, no emotional stability or mental stability. So that is definitely a form of abuse. You have to be consistent with children. Children need consistency for them to understand how things work and for them to understand consequences, for them to understand the rules and, and, and order, okay? For them to know how to balance things. They, they have to have consistency. You got to be consistent. You can't tell the child one day you could do that, okay? And then the same circumstances present another day and you tell them no. And they say, why? Because I don't feel like it. So you have to learn how to be consistent with the children. You cannot you know, make it okay to do certain things. And then it's not okay to do those, those same things under another situation. Okay. If something is inappropriate, it's just inappropriate. It should not be allowed at all. If something is okay, then it's okay. All right. The child, they have to learn that, you know, we have continuity. We have consistency. We have stability. There are things that we do on a regular basis. There are things that we're not going to wish to wash. We're not going to change one second from one second to another. We're going to be consistent in our behaviors and we're going to be consistent in our stance. All right. So the majority of adults do not take advantage of children. They do not abuse children. But we do have some parents who treat children as if they're servants, as if they're personal. They are their personal servants. They treat children like they little servants. They have the children clean up the house and, you know, and cook all the food, do all the laundry, watch other smaller children. Okay. They make that child a personal babysitter. They make that child a maid. They make the child the cook. Now it's one thing for you to teach children by example, teach them how to cook, teach them how to clean, teach them how to be responsible, teach them how to maintain a household, teach them how to do things that they're going to need to do as adults. But you have to make it age appropriate. And there are definitely restrictions and limitations. Okay. You cannot just leave a child in the house by, by themselves. You just can't walk away and leave a child alone in the house. That is considered neglect or abandonment. Okay, so it's very important that you recognize that children are not many adults. Children are children. Okay, and you have to treat them accordingly. You can't overwhelm them with a lot of responsibilities at an early age. They're not here to be babysitters. They do have a life. They are supposed to be enjoying their life. They're supposed to be learning. They're supposed to be growing. They're supposed to be developing certain skills. Now they can learn by watching you take responsibility and being responsible for your family and taking care of your children, but it's inappropriate for you to give them all of your responsibility. Okay. Some children financially, they have to go hustle. They have to go and work at a very young age uh, to bring money to the house because mother or father, they're not being responsible parents and they're not providing for that child. So that child have to go sell drugs or the child have to go steal or the child have to go beg in the street. And that is definitely a form of economic abuse as we discussed a little earlier. Okay. Using the adult privilege, you know, uh, definitely is uh, when you're bossing a child all the time. You're not trying to discipline the child. You're not trying to teach the child what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. You're just trying to boss that child all the time. You know, like, who are you looking at? Get out of here. Hit the child in the head and, you know, always trying to punish the child for no reason at all. 
okay? Trying to act like, you know, you know everything and the child knows nothing. Now, of course, you have to teach the child boundaries and restrictions and what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, but you still have to treat them with respect. You still have to treat them with dignity. So treating the child as a servant or always bossing and demeaning and controlling that child or punishing the child for no reason is definitely a form of domestic violence and it is classified under using or should I say misusing your adult privilege. All right. Now, if you deny a child visitation with the other plant parent and you deny the child the opportunity to, to build a relationship with the other parent, definitely that is a form of abuse. Okay. That other parent is absolutely necessary in that child's life. Okay. It took two parents to conceive a child. It takes two parents to raise a child. Unfortunately, sometimes parents don't get along, okay? They have problems, you know, disagreements. They're not able for them to, to do what they have to do to be able to be responsible. So they have to separate, which is understandable. But that other parent has the right to be in their child's life. So if a mother or a father deliberately, intentionally prevent the other parent from seeing that child, visiting that child, interacting with that child, then it is definitely considered a form of abuse. Okay. We just discussed the abuse of children. Yes. All those behaviors are abuse. A lot of people are not aware of it. They think children are mini adults and they think that children can, can do anything and they can do anything in front of the child and they can go ahead on and and, and not be responsible, but that is not appropriate. You have to take personal responsibility for your children. You have to take care of your children. The children are our future. If you damage your child, if you traumatize your child, if you abuse your child, if you neglect that child, you abandon that child, that child will have a series of problems. So we're going to continue in the next session. I'm going to stop right here. We're going to talk about the effects of domestic violence on children. That is the next segment that I'm going to do. So thank you so much for joining me in Ujima Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Tika Taylor.